Hi everybody and welcome to Adventures in Artslandia. I am so fortunate today to be sitting beside Carolyn Kwan who's going to be conducting La Cenerentola for <laughs> Portland Opera which is going to open on Friday. It's going to run July 15th, July 19th, the 21st, the 25th, and the 28th. For information, you can look at portlandopera.org, but I'm kind of getting ahead of myself because you're going to get more excited about seeing it once we get a chance to talk to Carolyn. Right, and it's, you know, Cinderella, too, for those people who are hearing, like, wonder what is Cinderella. <laughs> it's in Italian with yes. English subtitles, which is fantastic. So this is your first opportunity to come visit Portland. Yes, my first time uh, with the Portland Opera, mm -hmm. uh, although I spent three years in Seattle with uh -huh. the Seattle Symphony, so mm -hmm. I am not uh, unfamiliar with the North. West. Have you enjoyed it so far? Oh, love it. I mean, you have such a wonderful city, you know, it's just, I love seeing everybody biking around mm -hmm. and, you know, just all the, you know, such a walkable place and I just, I, so far I really love the city and the, the company is fantastic and, you know, just the overall atmosphere. I feel very fortunate to be here and mm -hmm. just, you know, get to know everyone and being a part of the city for a couple months. It's interesting as you bring that up because as a regional artist, which I am and you are as well, I mean even though you have a home base in Hartford, mm -hmm. uh, you do a lot of traveling. Yes. So you're finding family constantly in your work. Very much. I mean, you know, and opera is a little bit different. So I was born type one, type A, type one, and I came to America when I was 14. And um, so I've worked with ballet companies, orchestras, uh, opera companies, as well as, you know, these days film projects. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things I love most about working with opera is the fact that you can actually be in a place for a while, really build connection with the director, with the singers, with the company, and you really feel like you become part of the family, mm -hmm. as opposed to orchestras. Um, the process faster. So orchestra usually you arrive in the city, say on a Monday, you have rehearsal Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, first performance Thursday night, and another performance Friday night, Saturday, maybe a Sunday, and then you leave. Right. So uh, you build a relationship when you go back to an orchestra. Mm -hmm. So the process is very different. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting too because as you say when you go back to an, uh, an orchestra, it's similar for me as a regional artist, if I work in a new place and I think well I hope I work here again and of course you know how that comes to pass you don't really know and you hope you go back and you may or you may not. Yeah, I mean, I, jo I joke that it's a little bit like dating. Right. right. Like, you know, every time you meet an orchestra, you meet a new um, ballet company, opera company, it's like dating. You mm -hmm. know, sometimes there's chemistry, sometimes there isn't, and sometimes, you know, when you uh, go back for a second time, second date, mm -hmm. and you discover, oh, wow, you, know, you really like each other or, mm -hmm. or not. I mean, it's, it, it's kind of like dating. And, um, and I feel very fortunate to have been able to go to a lot of different places, mm -hmm. not only in the States, but also internationally in Asia. And it's just been fascinating, uh, the cultural differences, mm -hmm. you know, working in um, you know, Asia is very different than working, say, in Germany or mm -hmm. here. It's just a very different uh, approach. Mm -hmm. and 
the way you re relate to people too. I was curious because, of course, it's Leonard Bernstein's hundredth birthday coming up. There's lots of um, yes, the summer going actually, on, yeah. and thinking about he as a conductor with his physical mm -hmm. body. And I watched some video of you conducting, yeah. and I just enjoyed the way you are physically very uh, engaged in the music. And Thank you. is that like a natural thing, or how is that just the way your personality kind of connects with the music? You know, it's hard to say. <laughs> um, I think, you know, when you were learning how to conduct, mm -hmm. you know, you have teachers that tell you certain things, you know, don't move so much, or, you know, some other teacher tell you to move more, you know, some people tell you to use more of your forearm, and some people tell you not to use of your forearm at all. <laughs> you know, there was never, depending on who you talk to, people have a lot of different philosophy about how one should conduct, how much should you move, uh, how one should not move, etc. I mean, I really feel at this point, it's, it's personal choice, mm -hmm. but it's also how you connect with the singers and, mm -hmm. or, and the orchestra. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you know, you realize, and it's constantly changing, right? If you're moving a lot and you realize you're not getting the result you want, maybe you change you change it and see what you get. So there's a lot of um, back and forth in terms of, you know, is my, because if, if you think about it, conducting, we are trying to speak through our gestures, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, I'm, my hand's literally showing the orchestra, the singer, you know, we need more, we need less, you know, we need strong, we need, you know, to be sweet and gentle. And I used to have a teacher who would make us practice in front of the mirrors. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, but, but, he, but um, the teacher had a point that, you know, and depending your, on your physicality, if you're a very big person, mm -hmm. a very big gesture could be interpreted very differently than if you're a small person having a very big gesture. So Leonard Bernstein, you know, people think of Leonard, uh, Leonard Bernstein as this, you know, gigantic personality. He, he was actually kind of short, so, mm -hmm. you know. And then, so when he made really big gestures, um, they were dramatic, but he could. Mm -hmm. But imagine if he were three times his size and he makes the same gesture, it would be um, kind of scary potentially. Well, right, right. <laughs> and, and I think, yeah. too, like Dudamel, you yeah, know, exactly. other conductors right, where you right. think it's as much fun to watch sometimes. And I think I was, when I was driving up, I was saying earlier, uh, how I see the big sign on the side of the building go to opera yes and how are we trying to make opera relevant today mm -hmm. and I really feel that communication that type of engagement that type of really authentic and emotional connection is something that people are yearning for and, and yeah. maybe you set a tone in a way I mean I certainly I mean I probably I feel very passionate about music, mm -hmm. and I think it does come through through my body language. Um, part of it, however, also has to do with age. So you look at some of the much older conductor, they move a lot less. Mm -hmm. um, in part, you know, things change. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but they also, didn't, they don't need to, you know, you watch um, Bernard Haitink, for example. You mm. know, he could just move his finger and the orchestra has this gigantic, rich sound. Mm. So, you know, it, 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 it depends. But similar with the singer. I mean, if you think about, you know, the, um, you watch different singers perform, you know, they have very different ways um, of expressing themselves. Mm -hmm. And of course, they have to internalize the drama as well. So, and you know, it's just been wonderful 
working with our, you know, our cast, and then we have some fantastic singers, and they're just all so expressive, and just, it's not only such a joy to watch them and listen to them sing, but just to watch them perform, you know, and Cinderella really is, you know, an opera, perfect for opera for just about everybody, you know, mm. whether it's someone who's new to opera or someone who's seen, you know, many, many, many different operas. It's, it's fun. It's it's just one of those operas perfect for everybody. And it's been such a joy watching everyone, you know, kind of bring this to life. It's the archetypal characters are fun. You love to hate the stepsisters. You love to hate, you know, the goofball father. So I mean I think that's really fun for an audience. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting and as a woman forging a career mm -hmm. in an area which really been dominated by men for so long. Um, how does, what parts of this opera, either musically or dramatically, can you lift up for, as a positive imagery for young women, you know, looking for a heroine? What are the qualities, you know, that, um, like a young woman would be interested in today? You know, interestingly, I don't think about me as a, female conductor very much when I'm actually working, mm -hmm. you know, I think I usually think of myself as a vehicle for music and for bringing and doing my job well, you mm -hmm. know, bringing the intention of the composer live and working with different um, singers and directors. And one other thing I will say about conducting an opera as uh, I, you know, this is a huge generalization, of course, because I imagine not every female is this exactly the same way. But the typical stereotype is that, you know, as women, we are much more of a collaborator. You know, we listen well, we, we are nurturing, and we want to be supported. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's certainly my philosophy when it comes to working in an opera, you know, when, where you have a director, you have, you know, singers, you have you know, costume designer, you have a lot of different collaborators and this is what makes it fun because my job, yes, you know, I have to serve Rossini, but I also have to serve, you know, our director and our singers and, you know, my job is to have an opinion about how the music should go, you know, really understand what makes Rossini Rossini, but also trying to support Chris's vision of what he's trying to do through music. So, and part of that journey is, is fun, because you know, we talk about, well, what do you think of, you know, Janelle, what do you think she's going through? You know, the sister, you know, when, he's, when they're walking away, are they walking away in, are they angry? Are they making fun? You know, and all of these can be supported by music. Yes, Rossini had a certain things in mind, but within the bigger picture, there are so many little things you can do. And I think, you know, I, that's the part I've really enjoyed mm. about, you know, my role, um, whether it's because I'm, I'm female, that naturally brings out that, you know, I want to be supportive. I mm. want to be as nurturing as I can. And I want, I enjoy working with people and being collaborative. Right, and finding those moments, and you're a detective, really, to find those musical ways that Rossini may have embedded yeah. some of those ideas right into the music that right. maybe hasn't even been unearthed. And also, I mean, people don't realize this uh, also is, you know, um, in the performance, the, as a conductor, we're the glue that kind of, you know, that bring everything together. I'll give you an example. Um, I was working with a production where at one point, you know, one of the singer had to be flipped, uh, flown in from offstage and arrive and start singing. 
and in the moment, you know, we get there slowly and slowly. I'm like, where is it's not coming? <laughs> and you can see her flight is delayed. Right, right. <laughs> I can see off to the side of the stage that they're having technical difficulty getting the harness on. Oh and, uh, so I start to slow down the music, hoping that I'll give them more time. Mm -hmm. And then slowly I can see, okay, it's coming. And, you know, but we are already there. So somehow I was able to gesture to the orchestra, we're going to just hold on this note. It was probably only about three seconds, oh. but it felt like the longest three seconds. Oh, but sure. our singer, you know, arrived from the air, come down and start singing. Oh so so a lot of time, it, you know, as a conductor, we also need to know the staging and try to figure out, all right, this is what's happening and in the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, we're the one that's kind of making it all, all happen along with all the magics on the stage. Right. I know when I learn a big role mm -hmm. that it's a long process yes. uh, and I know how people digest roles and certainly yes. is this the first time you've conducted La Cenerentola? <laughs> <laughs> it is my first time certainly I've worked I've conducted a lot of overture I've worked with you know mm. parts of Barbara Seville and mm. but this is my first Cenerentola and I love the score mm -hmm. and I think Rossini you know it's deceptively difficult for singers and mm. for orchestras and you know it's fun, mm -hmm. but you know how do you bring it to life and still have the bigger picture? Mm -hmm. And you know people think of Rossini as oh this is just fun, but there's a lot of very sincere moments as well, and especially in this opera mm -hmm. that you can really um, cheer Cinderella on. You mm -hmm. know like you want you want her to be. It's you know kind of like you know reading the story and watching the Disney movie when we were kids. You mm -hmm. know you're 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 um, you know cheering her on and you know being a part of the story. And I think that's why this opera is so fun because you know it's it's a story we know but with lots of little twists. That Especially we may not in another expect. genre, you know right. you've seen the movie, you've seen so many incarnations of it. Right. So it's a fun opera to see, especially if you're seeing opera for the first time, because yeah. you're really familiar. You can really identify the characters easily. Yes. Yeah. And of course, we don't, instead of a fairy godmother, mm -hmm. you know, we have someone very different. I don't want to give out the, all the all the secrets. Oh, <laughs> right. But, you know, instead of a, what is it, um, not so nice stepmother, we have a sort of a buffoon uh, father. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of fun to also, you know, take a story we know so well and see how kind of Chris brings it to life, right. how Rossini brings it to life. How long does it take you to, to learn a score of this length? I mean, it's a long piece. It depends. Um, really depends on what else I have going on in my life. Right. Because I'm also the music director at Harper Symphony, and mm -hmm. that's a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And you know, I conduct elsewhere. So really depends on um, mm -hmm. what's going on. And and you're a young person, and I think, my gosh, when you're looking at all the bodies of work that you could potentially be hired to conduct, yeah. to familiar to continue yeah. your familiarization with all these epic works. <laughs> How do you do it? Well, I think it all, I mean, every one of your experiences built on each other, mm -hmm. right? Certainly it's not my first opera, certainly not my first Rossini work, and mm -hmm. certainly, so all of it, it, you know, it builds on each other, and it's just such a joy. Mm -hmm. And so I'll give you a good example. So the way, one of the reasons I really love Rossini is because, you know, I love Mozart. Mm -hmm. I love the work of John Adams. You know, I do a lot of contemporary work. Mm -hmm. And in many ways, Rossini is the 
is Mozart meets John Adams. Interesting. So, like Mozart, you know, a lot of Rossini's um, line, you have to actually make decisions. So, like Mozart, Mozart never tells you, you know, whether a line should be forte. I mean, he tells you whether he wants a forte or piano, loud or soft. Mm -hmm. He doesn't tell you how to get from piano to forte, you know, loud to soft to loud or loud to soft. He doesn't tell you where it might need time. Right. In, in, so unlike a Mahler score, where he it's like a di dissertation, you know, I want you to do a four and two, and I want this to slow down here to to go faster here. There's no information when it comes to Mozart. So you really have to understand what he might have wanted from understanding his other work, and you have to make a lot of decision of how to pace the work, how to create a longer line, mm -hmm. and the same thing is very much needed in Rossini. Except for one of the things most, in my opinion, uh, most crucial about Rossini is the rhythm. And, you know, it's the rhythm drive that really propels the, the music forward. I mean, the famous thing, of course, is the, you know, the Rossini crescendo, you know, how it, but it's the, it's the rhythm that's propelling that. So in the same way that if you understand John Adams' music, you know, it's, he writes a beautiful line as well, but hit, their rhythm is a hugely important part of the music and to keep it going and to create excitement. So imagine Mozart meets John Adams, you know, in some ways that's Rossini, <laughs> even mm -hmm. though, of course, you know. So, I mean, to answer your question, so every one of our experience, you're, you're always you know, creating musical ideas and new understanding based on, you know, every single day in many ways. Mm -hmm. It sounds really, it looks like you're so passionate about your work. <laughs> Thank you. You really enjoy it. I do. I mean, what is not to enjoy, right? It's such a privilege to be able to do this. And, it is. And to be able to share the music with, you know, the audience and, you know, just, it's, God, I think everyone should, you know, experience opera yes. at some point in their life. It's music, it moves you, it transforms you. Mm, I agree. It's interesting also because this piece will be performed at the Newmark Theater, yes. which is a 900-seat theater compared to the Keller, which is about a 3,000-seat theater. Yes. So you're really given an opportunity to be in the proximity of this work and to feel it so much more closely. Have you like, uh, you know, being in a more intimate space. It's fantastic. So mm -hmm. my home orchestra, uh, Harford Symphony, we also perform in two different halls. So mm -hmm. one of them is you know, 3,000 seats and one of them is about 1,000. So similar. And, it, you know, it's, it's a, the, when the audience is in a smaller theater, you know, I mean, we say small is still a good size, 1,000. Mm -hmm. You feel like you are one with the performers, you know, you, you can hear them whispers, and it's it's certainly a much more intimate experience. But also, um, I should mention that back in the day, you know, Rossini, Mozart, the theaters didn't used to be 3,000 seats. I mean, theater used to be much smaller and much more intimate. So in, in, in many ways, um, audience members that are coming to the opera actually potentially is experiencing um, Rossini in a way that to be experienced. So this is kind of off the beaten trail question. Yeah. I read that you became a citizen last year. I did. And that you took your oath on the stage at Hartford Symphony with the, an audience present. I thought that was so touching. You know, we live in an interesting time, certainly, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it was 
very special um, to share that moment, really a once-in-a-lifetime moment with um, the audience. It was actually, I'm a very private person, believe it or not, um, but uh, I was encouraged by friends of the orchestra mm -hmm. to share that moment with the with the orchestra family, with, yeah. the, with our orchestra family. And I, I have to say, I was very moved. Um, I think such a ceremony in itself, especially these day and age, you know, is, it's, would have been very moving. Um, but the ceremony happened, I can't remember, I think it's a good hour and a half before, possibly two, before the beginning of the show, mm -hmm. our, our opening season. It was the very, and um, I thought to myself, well, who's going to come to a ceremony? Um, you know, a whole two hours, an hour, half before the before the concert, mm -hmm. um, the hall was almost full. And oh. to think that you know there are that many people in the community, a part of the Hartford Symphony family, that wanted to be there was very, very moving. You know, and I think it speaks to what music means, you know, especially that music is cross-culture, it is, you know, it is without, it is its own language, it's something that, you know, doesn't matter what we agree or disagree on, it, it's something that brings people together, and it, it seemed, it was a very beautiful moment to be able to share that mm. with our community, but, you know, I mean, I very much believe that Nonprofit organization, whether it's orchestra, opera, you know, it's a different time now. I think in the old days, it used to be, well, look, look at what amazing thing we do, come be a part of it. But these days, things are changing. Um, you know, I believe that nonprofit organizations, um, we are there to serve the community. So kind of turn it around a little mm -hmm. bit. So, and because of that, you know, our philosophy, certainly at the Hartford Symphony, has been, you know, what can we do? For the audience, and what can we do for um, our community? And I think as a result of that, the the our fa our community feels much more like they are a part of our family mm -hmm. as well. And from what everything I've, I've experienced so far here at Portland Opera, I feel very much the same. I mm -hmm. mean, you have amazing leadership that really care. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, just being the rehearsal process with Chris. I I just, I mean, I admired him before I got here, but I really, you know, even developed more of an admiration for him. We are just so way, fortunate to have The him way here. he interacts with the artist, the way he creates an environment of positivity, mm -hmm. the, the way he encourages people to create art, and the, how much he cares and how much he talks about the community, you know. Um, just the leadership of the opera and innovates and, and, yeah, innovates and what know, it means really yeah. bringing people to our community and in a way what you talk about yeah. is so personal because by bringing international artists into our community we and opening our doors and as you say turning things on the side you know where we are here to serve and sharing you bring your art your talent your beauty to us through your culture, through who you are, every aspect of you, and when we acknowledge and accept that, you know, as a community, listening, learning, right. sharing, like yeah, loving things together, yeah, it just yeah. it's just magic. Yeah, and just seeing the the artists actually going out, also, you know, to seeing you know the opera a la carte, mm -hmm. and you know, it's just like you know, this is opera isn't just 
it's for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to have a certain experience to experience opera. You don't have to, you know, really understand the finer details of, you know, apachatura, you know, mm -hmm. to, to appreciate opera and to be moved by it. Mm -hmm. And so much of it is just, you know, come experience it. You know, you can experience it, you know, at many different places, you know. But, you know, I think there is um, a free concert. I think we have a special ice cream social and a sing-along event at the director park on July 18th at noon. So, God, you know, come experience, you know. July 18th at noon, an ice cream social with La Cenerenta. Yeah. So, wow. you know, what, you know, you know, what is that? Right? Ice cream and <laughs> You know, so, yeah, you know, enjoy it. Come come to the Newmar and enjoy the, the opera. But, you know, if you can, come check it out with mm -hmm. some ice cream. That's you know, so why neat. not? Uh, I have a couple of kind of, we call them kooky questions. Okay. And sure. so here's well, a, a couple of, question. if you could take a vacation anywhere. Oh gosh. <laughs> real or imaginary. Okay. Where would you go? Well, at the moment, um, so my partner and I, um, she turned me on to skiing when we first started dating. Oh boy. Yes. <laughs> Imagine um, my entire board of directors like, you're doing what? <laughs> So I started skiing um, three years ago. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I'm somewhat athletic, so mm -hmm. I picked it up pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And still, you feel like you're doing Russian roulette every time you get on the snow. But she loves it. Like you know, just to see her face when whenever she gets on the on the on the ski, she just has this happy grin mm -hmm. on her face, and you know, and seeing her happy makes me happy. Aww. So we have a few places we want to go and experience, you know, maybe ski a little bit. U.S., so, Europe, where? Well, we actually went to um, uh, Vancouver, uh, oh. Blackham. Oh, beautiful. This past uh, winter, but, mm -hmm. you know, we'd love to check out. What know, would be your dream ski vacation? You know, I don't actually know because I don't know enough about the ski hill. <laughs> I would like something easy, but, <laughs> but beautiful. Okay. So it's a um, beautiful, easy ski area. <laughs> I mean, there's some absolutely beautiful places oh, yeah. in um, South America and Europe oh, and actually Japan as well. So that's sort of, you know, something that's been on our mind. And um, I actually, you know, just, God, you know, Ali, the place I'd love to be more than anything is um, to stay at home. Mm. I mean, for someone who travels Staycation. as much as I do, mm -hmm. you know, I'm all, you know, I've been here um, for two months and, you know, you're often, you know, God's in Copenhagen for a couple months with the ballet and you know you're always somewhere else so mm. the place I love to be more than any other place is, is home and you've got some good ski areas on the east coast there it's a little bit different mm -hmm. it's um it's uh, not powder it's um I, there's a term for it I'm not quite sure what it is it's you know <laughs> <laughs> so. so if you had one thing to eat for the rest of your life what would it be uh noodles Noodles, any kind of noodles, ramen noodles, Chinese noodles. So there's some good noodle sort. restaurants here in town. Oh, really? Have you tried some of them? I don't know. You have to give me all the names. Okay, well, I'd love to try try them. I've I've discovered a couple ramen places, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, noodles. I think you know comfort food, right? Yes. I mean, noodles is comfort food for me growing up. Noodles. You know, just you know street food and. Mm -hmm. You know, sit down on a streetcar and have a bowl of noodle soup. It's 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 that's just pure joy. It sounds for me. Like heaven. All right. All right. Last one. 
If you could have dinner with anyone in the world, alive or dead, who would it be? God, that's that's a difficult one. There's there's so many different people. I mean, and for various reasons. Yeah, you know? right. I mean, it'd be amazing to me, Mozart. It'd be amazing to me, Mahler. It'd be amazing to me, Einstein. It would be, you know, like mm-hmm. there's so many people. But you know, I would say right now, more than anything, I would love to have dinner. With my partner, <laughs> I haven't seen her in a long time. <laughs> I can't wait to see her, and you know, just yeah. <laughs> I'm really much more of a living in the moment person. So mm. yeah, that sounds good. So well, thank you so much for taking the time thank to talk you. to me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. And don't miss La Cenerentola, which is at Portland Opera. You can look at portlandopera.org. It's going to be opening on July 13th at uh, Friday at 7:30. July 15th at 2 p.m., July 19th at 7.30, July 21st at 7.30, July 25th at 7.30, and July 28th at 7.30, portlandopera.org. There are a couple of really cool special events associated with La Cenerentola, and one is an ice cream social on July 18th and a sing-along, and it's going to be at Director's Park, and it's free. July 25th, there's going to be a simulcast. The performance will be going on inside, at the Newmark, and outside it will be simulcast. There'll be a screen and audio, and you can listen and sing along and dance if you want on Main Street. Thanks for listening to Adventures in Artslandia. Download the Artslandia app on iTunes, where you're going to find a comprehensive arts calendar that's the best in the West. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Artslandia.